you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Father, I thank you. You dwell in a light that we cannot approach unto. I give thanks, Father. You are the God far above all gods, and you are our God. Father, I thank you that no one can see your face and live. You are our God, Father. You're the same God that opened up the Red Sea for your children to walk through. You are our God. I give thanks, Father. You are the God that rained down fire on Elijah's sacrifice. And you are our God. I give thanks, Father, that you stopped Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from burning. You are our God. I give thanks, Father. You are our God. And you raised Jesus from the dead. You are our God. Father, open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto your power. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes it's good to remind yourself who you're talking to. All right, if you will go with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. And it is written here, He that saith that he abideth in him, and that's talking about Jesus. He that saith he abideth in Jesus ought himself also to walk even as he walked. You know, when I was growing up in a denominational church, I never heard we had to walk like Jesus walked. When I was teaching school, my students would come in with these bracelets. What would Jesus do? And I remember one of my little girls coming up as a brand new bracelet. And they always love to show you their new stuff, you know. She was like, look at my new bracelets. And it was, what would Jesus do? And I thought to myself, do you know what Jesus did? <laughs> you might consider that before you start wearing that bracelet. Because you know what Jesus did? He cast out devils. He healed the sick. He walked on water. He spoke face to face with his enemies. That's what Jesus did. And you know what it says right here? We're supposed to do the same thing. We're supposed to do the same thing. He that saith, he abideth in Jesus. Ought himself also to walk even as Jesus walked. So there's no excuse we have to do it like Jesus did it. If you will turn with me to John 6, verse 38. We're going to look at a part of Jesus, and, and I get to share a part of Jesus that is very, very dear to my heart. And we're going to get to that as we go through these verses. But we need to look at the verses first. John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will. Whoa. Stop. This is Jesus that created the universe. Colossians 1 says everything created, both seen and unseen, was created by Jesus. By Jesus. So now we got the man that created everything you see and don't see, says right here, for I came down from heaven not to do my own will. 
not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And as we read in Philippians 2, and we've read it again and again, I love the way that R.W. Schambach describes it. He said that Jesus divested himself of all his divinity. Jesus had to divest himself of all his divinity. And like it says in Philippians 2, he laid down all his godly powers. He had to. And he came to earth as a man. He says that right here. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And the next verse. And this is the Father's will that has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, that I should raise it up again at the last day. Thank God. That's us. You're going to see some of the humanity of Jesus today. Now, turn with me to John 5, verse 30. Jesus speaking, because it's in red. I can of my own self do nothing. Nothing. Jesus is saying this. It's written in red. Like we know in John 10, 35, the scripture cannot be broken. So Jesus is telling the truth here. He said, I can of mine own self do nothing. Nothing. When you look at those verses and God gives you revelation, you will realize it was not Jesus that healed the leper. It wasn't Jesus. He could do nothing. What was it? It was the Spirit of God in Jesus that was doing the works. And he will go on and say that later. Jesus could do nothing. Nothing. The only things he could do was through the will of the Father and the Spirit of God. How in the world did Jesus do that? How in the world? I can hear the hearts going, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, time out, time. Look at the word. Do you have the courage to believe the word of God? Do you have the courage to believe what is written in the word spoken by Jesus himself? He said, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Why? Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. That's why Jesus could do no miracles until he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's not Jesus doing it. Jesus says it here. I can do nothing of myself. It was the Holy Spirit working through him. Oh, that's beautiful. You know why? Because that's how it works in us. That's how it works in us. If we say that we are disciple of Christ, then we've got to do it like Jesus did it. Well, if Jesus did the miracles without the Spirit of God, we're sunk. I don't know about you guys. I can't heal anybody. I can't cast out any devils. How do I do it? I do it the same way Jesus did it. Jesus said, if I, by the Spirit of God, cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? Who did the work? Who was casting out the devils? The Spirit of God in Jesus. If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out devils. Do you hear that? 
If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out devils. That's Jesus talking. It is not Jesus doing the works. He was anointed with the Holy Ghost. If we say we are Christians, we're going to walk like Jesus walked. And thank God he showed us how. He did it like we're supposed to. Thank you, Jesus. That is not taking anything from Jesus. That shows you how much he loved us. And we will see here how much he loved the Father because he only did the Father's will. This was a work between the Father and his Son. The Father could not come down here and become a man and die for men, but Jesus could. And you know what? The Father sent him. Sent him. And Jesus did only the Father's will. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. We are going to look at an instant in Jesus' life where you are going to see his humanity. You are going to see him at his toughest moment, I believe. And when you look at it through the eyes of the Spirit of God, boy, you can't help but see the love of that spirit that's in Jesus. You know, we have the spirit of Jesus in us. And that spirit walked through that gospel and he never failed. Not once did he fail on this earth. That was the spirit of Jesus in that body. But he wasn't a God. He left all that in heaven. But that was the spirit of Jesus. And you know what's the wonderful thing is? When you were born again, you got that spirit in you. You have that same spirit in you. And we're going to look at how he walked. 1 Corinthians 15, before we go into the Garden of Gethsemane, we are going to look at this verse because I want you to keep this verse in mind as we read about Jesus in the garden. It says, verse 21, For since... By man came death. For since by man came death. That was Adam. He disobeyed God and death came to the human race. If Adam would not have sinned, none of us would have ever died. But by Adam, by man came death. Look at that next phrase. By man. By man. Not by half man, half God. It doesn't say that. It says by man, by man came the resurrection of the dead. By man came the resurrection of the dead. By man came death. By man came the resurrection. Not a God, a man, a man. Jesus had to put back what Adam messed up. And he had to do it as a man. And we are going to see the humanity of Jesus here. If you will go with me to Matthew 26. And we've got to realize this is a man in the garden. Divested himself of all his divinity. He had a soul like ours. And you're going to see it right here. You're going to see that soul part of Jesus coming out. And the conflict that he had in the garden. If you can hear these words. And you can get these words in your heart. 
you're going to see how to overcome those hard times. There are times walking with Jesus that you're going to have to do things you don't want to do. But I thank God Jesus went there first. And he went to the very bottom. Matthew 26, verse 36. Then come at Jesus with the disciples unto a place called Gethsemane. And he said unto the disciples, sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Sorrowful and very heavy. If we will stop here for just a second, I want us to go to John 12. I'm going to go to verse 27. Jesus speaking. And Jesus is getting ready here in John 12. He has come into Jerusalem, and he's getting ready to go to the cross. Verse 27, he said, Now is my soul troubled. Now is my soul troubled. If he was God, there would be no troubled soul. If he had all power still, there wouldn't be a troubled soul. He'd go to that cross skipping. But he's not a God. He left that in heaven. He's now a man. And he said, now is my soul, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. The very reason I came is ahead of me. And he said, Father, glorify thy name. And I love it, Jesus speaking here out of the honesty of his soul. And God answers him. Jehovah, the God we can't see without perishing. We cannot look on his face. He answered Jesus in front of them all. And he said, then there came a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and I will glorify it again. A wonderful way to tell Jesus, see on the other side. All right, now, back to Matthew 26, verse 36. Then come a Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane. And he said unto the disciples, Sit you here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry you here and watch with me. Pray with me. Notice, he said, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. He was so sorrowful, his soul wanted to die. Now, if my soul is sad, I'm sad until I overcome my soul. Have you ever got up in the morning and have not been happy? You mean your soul isn't happy? You have to get your soul in line. Jesus is telling here, my soul is so sorrowful, I want to die. I want to die. And we'll see why. He said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry here and watch with me. And he went a little further by himself. And he fell on his face. And he prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it be possible. Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, 
but as thou wilt. When you look at those words, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. You will see why his soul was exceeding sorrowful. He didn't want to go to the cross. His soul did not want to go to the cross. Who can blame him? His soul, if nothing else, Jesus can read. He read the Psalms. He knew what was waiting for him on the cross. He read Isaiah 52 and 53. Those words are in him. He is the word. He knew what was waiting for him. He knew what he was going to have to go through. And his soul didn't want to go. Have you ever been in a place where you were going to have to do something you don't want to do? Well, thank God we don't look at the cross. We don't have to go there. Jesus went there for us. But he now, his soul is in turmoil because his soul doesn't want to go to the cross. But what is the will of God? That he do. He said, nevertheless, not what I will, but as thou wilt. Nevertheless, not as what I want, but Father, what you want. He cometh unto the disciples, and he find them asleep. And he said unto Peter, What? Could you not pray with me one hour? Watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time. Now, if you will go with me to Luke 22, this is not a 15-minute job here that we have in Matthew 26. This was over three hours that Jesus was in the garden. And I'm going to begin in verse 39 of Luke 22. And he came out and went as he went to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples followed him. And when he was at the place, he said, Pray you that you enter not into temptation. Notice, Jesus said, pray you that you enter not into temptation. Now, we know that Jesus had to be tempted in every point. He's being tempted right here. He is not only telling Peter and James and John, pray. He's, he's telling you what he's doing. He's praying to overcome the temptation. And he's praying for an hour. He doesn't ask them to do something that he doesn't do. He said, and he was withdrawn them about a stone's cast, kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. My soul does not want to go to the cross. Is there any way out of this? And then he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Verse 43. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, look at that. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. You know what we do? Oh, this is too tough. And we walk away. Being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Why? He's got to get his soul in line with the Father's will. He's got to get his spirit up over 
his soul. We are looking at an extreme example of what we have to do daily. We have to get our spirit up over our soul. We got to get where we're walking in the spirit and not in the flesh. Well, Jesus' flesh right here doesn't want to go to the cross. And he's got to get it in line with his spirit. That's why he said the spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. He is so sorrowful. His flesh wants to die in the garden. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And the sweat was it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he arose from prayer, he came to his disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, why sleep you? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. You know, he's telling us right here how to overcome our soul. Prayer. We don't want to pray. When you're being tempted, what are we to do? We do what Jesus did. We pray. Do you realize that the Messiah had to pray? And he had to pray so hard that his sweat was his drops of blood. That's what our Messiah had to pray as a man. As a man. Don't forget 1 Corinthians 15. By man came death. By man came the resurrection of the dead. And this man is in the garden. And he's got to get his soul down and his spirit above his soul. And it's agony. He is praying his crucifixion through. And I love when I saw this. Jesus' soul didn't die on the cross. Jesus' soul died in the garden. It was his spirit that took him to the cross. He overcame that soul in the garden. If Jesus had not done that, there would have not been a cross. His spirit took over. And when he rose up from prayer and came to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said, why sleep you? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Now I want us to go back to Matthew 26. And I'm going to begin in verse 45. Jesus has now prayed through. He got his soul to submit to the will of the Father. What was the Father's will? Jesus said, if it be your will, take this cup from me. That was not the Father's will. Or the Father would have taken the cup from him. That was not the Father's will. What was the Father's will? Go to the cross. That was the Father's will. Go to the cross. And Jesus said, nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And I love it. When Jesus overcame and his spirit became above his soul. Verse 45. Then cometh he to his disciples and he said unto them, sleep on now. Take your rest. I'm done. Behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that does betray me. Look at this. When you are in those trials, Judas could not come to the garden and arrest Jesus until Jesus was through. Judas could not come into the garden and take Jesus until Jesus had prayed it through. God kept him out 
until Jesus was ready. When Jesus was ready, that's when Judas showed up. You will find, if you're going to walk with Jesus, that there are times that you're going to have to do what you don't want to do. And you're going to have to do exactly what your shepherd did. You're going to have to get your flesh down and your spirit up. You're going to have to overcome your flesh. Now, that is our Messiah. And we say, why, why did he go through the agony of the cross? Why did he go through that agony? Why? For you and me. For you and me. His putting his flesh down, dying in the garden, and his spirit going on to the cross bought my salvation. It bought your salvation. That sacrifice that Jesus made through the eternal spirit on the tree bought our salvation. It bought our healing. It bought our curses broken. It bought our prosperity. It bought our safety. It bought our forgiveness. It bought our justification. It bought our sanctification. It bought our righteousness. Thank God the soul of Jesus died in the garden. Thank God he stayed until it did. Thank God he went on to the cross because it bought me my salvation. It bought you your salvation. And he, because he did that, because he laid down his life, he was raised from the dead with our forgiveness. He was raised from the dead for our healing. He was raised from the dead for our prosperity, our safety, our welfare. And God brought him to heaven and sat him down at his right hand. And then he gives it all to him, glorified him with everything he had before he came here. That is our Savior. That is our Messiah. And you know what? He's still up there praying for us. He not only did the work for us, he's up there praying for us, interceding on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He hasn't finished the job, done this, and gone to heaven. He is still there interceding for you and I. Thank you, Jesus. Do you want that, Jesus? Do you want that, Messiah, do you want that Savior? You can have him. He did it all for you. He made sure his soul died in the garden for you. He made sure he could go to the cross for you. And you can have that spirit, that spirit that overcame in you. All you have to do is ask. Pray with me, Jesus. Come into my heart. I believe you were raised from the dead. Be Lord of my life. Guide me. Lead me. Fix me. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. 
You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.